The next and last stop is Atlantic Avenue Barclays Center. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. lot of Nets podcasts. I mean, Oof. the only Net fans you know, the only what, the only Nets fans you know, at least they've got some self-aware. I mean, come on, Look man. Where are these guys? Welcome back to the Only Nets Fans You Know podcast. I'm Peter. I'm joined with my friend and fellow Nets confidant, Charlie. Hey, man, what's going on? It's been about a week since our last podcast. And uh, nothing's really changed other than we're still miserable. And uh, the finals are now Boston and Golden State. Like I thought I wanted. Did you really want that? I really don't want Boston. Fuck Boston. I didn't want him even sniffing the finals, bro. I wanted them eliminated by us. Yeah, I was very intrigued to see how Boston was going to attack that Golden State offense. All the movement... All the passing, the Draymond Green, the Steph Curry, the Steph Curry. Mainly, mainly, mainly Steph Curry. But yeah, after some time, uh, to be honest, with the Rangers playoff run, I haven't been as into it as I thought I would be. I saw a little bit of game one. That's, that's really it. And of course, Boston had to make that comeback and win, of course. Um, I, I guess I'm pulling for Golden State. I, I don't know, man. I guess it would be cool if Kenny would get a ring. I guess that's what I'm going to be rooting for. We're not, here to talk, we're not here to talk about the finals. We're here to talk about why the Nets didn't get to the finals and how the Nets are going to get to the finals. That's what we're going to talk about, right? Bro, on the 20th anniversary of them making it to the finals fell short, but next year we're going to make it for sure, totally. There's always next year. We'll get them next year. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds fucking horrible. This is the fucking depressing. Anyway, let's, yeah. let's just jump like, straight into it. What's the working title? Alright, working title is Can't We All Just Get Along? There's been a lot of animosity lately around just the Nets as a whole. And uh, kind of want to, you know, Kyrie's got to break out the sage again. That didn't really help too much, but I think it may, maybe you know maybe break start breaking out the sage, get some good energy in our in our organization again. Need some good juju. Obviously, uh, the Nets a deadline to work with with Philadelphia's first rounder. They had to decide whether they were going to keep it or defer. They wound up letting it roll over next year, which very smart move in my you know in, in my take. For a couple of reasons, it saves them 2.1 million on the cap that's already been, you know, overflown. It's gonna already be overtaxed. Just, uh, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's tough. Gonna. I don't know how they're gonna make up this roster. This roster is gonna be, in my opinion, it might be completely di- completely different. Honestly, we might we might. You know what? At this point, as being a Nets fan, I really wouldn't put it past like everyone's different, except we end up still having Joe Harris somehow. I don't know. Um, yeah, man, it's, Mark's just got a lot of work to do. I do agree with you. Um, 
on the sense that the Nets needs, you know, Nets needed to defer the pick. Um, and, you know, why they deferred it, basically. I mean, they wor- they got to work out other players, and I think they've been working out a bunch of other players in general. Like, they can save money elsewhere by working out and signing someone as opposed to the $2.1 million. Um, so they're particularly working out in, my, in 3 and D players. So there's definitely an area of need. Yeah, definitely. Uh, keeping the pick, mostly you keep Philadelphia on their toes. How would you want to let them know? Never know a trade might come in, and another team might want the first round pick. Obviously, that didn't happen, but by by waiting to defer, you keep everybody, you know, you keep everybody sharp. And uh, as reported by Nets Daily, and as Charlie just said, we're working on a lot of three and D players, a lot of shooting guards, small forwards, which is, uh, you know, I don't think it's anything crazy. I think we knew that's that's what the Nets would go for. We I think shooting and defense is what we need. Yeah, so it's almost like it goes back to gamesmanship, I think, right? You think they, they, the Nets probably knew the whole time, even when they probably even – they probably knew I – I wouldn't say definitely they knew when they got the pick from the trade. I feel like there was a good indication that they weren't going to keep it, even from the get-go. So I was wondering, and more than likely, this has been gamesmanship the whole time. So depending how tapped in you may be or may not be, there's a whole game to this. If you're an agent with a player that's going to go in the mid-20s, if the Nets have a pick, you sure you let them work, work out with them. They don't have a pick. Why would you, you don't let your player work out with the Nets? The benefit for the Nets, they get to add to their scouting database. Maybe this guy becomes a free agent, you know, four years down the line. You brought him in for a workout. You like them. If you're an agent... You don't want your player to do unnecessary workouts. You don't want to, if you have a top 10 pick, you don't want a team with 22 uh, working out your guy. You don't want to send those vibes out there. It's a lot of gamesmanship. Got it. You know, that's a good point. Mid, pretty much hit the nail on the head with that, man. So going forward, you know, the Nets as a whole – you got to look at their draft board in the years to come. I, obviously, you know, there was a bunch of big trades. Uh, Philly, Houston, the Harden trade, that motherfucker. Um, big trades. Yeah. So this this year's pick is going to – our pick this year is going to Houston, 2022 draft. So in the, in the 23 draft next year, Houston can swap with us with our pick and their pick. And then we have Philly's pick, which is deferred from this year, which we decided, obviously, as you spoke about, we did not take. Uh 2094 got our pick going to Houston. 2025, we got a swap with Houston or OKC because they have a swap. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll break, I'm gonna break that down in a minute, but keep on going. Then t- 2026, our pick's going to Houston. 2027, Houston can swap again, and that's it. And then we're free of this fucking madness. The fucking nightmare is gonna be conceivably over. We kind of. Backed ourselves into a Boston trade, and of course, Sean Marks could have never known all this was gonna happen. Everyone thought James Harden would stay, and uh, they kind of pulled a Boston trade, but a little less, I guess, because we're getting two picks back from Philly, and we got Ben Simmons, who hopefully will be a cornerstone of the franchise going forward. 
But uh, the picks that we're getting from Philadelphia, of course, we talked about the first one that's coming next year. The second pick, the second first rounder, gets a little confusing, so I had to do a little bit of homework on this. Basically, Philadelphia and OKC made a deal in the past. And now since we're included, there's a first rounder that has to be given to OKC. Two years after OKC gets their first rounder, we're gonna get ours. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna break it down to you guys. If Philadelphia gives their 2025 first rounder to OKC, we'll get one in 2027. If if it's nine through thirty, so it's top eight protected. Let's say they don't get it in 2025. They give the first rounder to OKC in 2026. Then we'll get our pick from them in 2028. Once again, top eight protected. If it's not conveyed by then, worst case scenario, it becomes a second rounder, which is really the worst case scenario. I think also we might be getting cash in that deal as well. It would be a second rounder in cash. Not 100% sure. Honestly, man, I, someone should hire this guy to ESPN. Seriously. Call. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, only guy doing actual reporting these days. It's fucking uh, confusing as hell. Yeah, well, Sean Marks has to figure that out, right? And their draft room and everyone else. And, and that's organization has got a whole, there's a lot of pieces to put together moving forward. And yeah, like you said, man, it's like reverting back to the dark ages over again. Only difference is we have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, maybe Kyrie Irving, as opposed to Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Darren Williams. So that's okay. It could be okay. very bad. I'm sorry to cut you off. It could be very bad for us in 2027. Possibly, KD might be gone or on his, you know, on his way out, talent-wise, and uh, you know, can swap with us. You mean? So well, it's it's going to be scary. Yeah, don't worry. Cam Thomas, Daron Sharp, Claxton, and um, Kessler Edwards are going to be an all-star starting four at that point, and we'll have a wing player. Of We'll also draft. We'll use one of our draft picks and draft a stud. Obviously, that's do draft well. They do, they do, and they've. Uh, there's a lot of hope moving forward with guys like Thomas Edwards, and even Claxton, who had a terrible playoff with the free throws, as we know, who has been seen working on, <sighs> which means absolutely nothing. But you know, it's nice to see that he's aware of his shortcomings. I mean, anyone. I mean, dude, Stevie Wonder could see how bad his free throw shooting was. You want to move to the roster? No, but sure. Go ahead. Tell me what I need to know, Pete. You're the you're the you're you're the man with all the knowledge and you gotta you gotta explain to the people how the nets work. So people look at you, they look up to you. So preach. Yeah, they really don't. I do fucking you're a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, right? then, so so you have a, so what does that make you? I don't know. A fucking Nets fan with too much time on my hands. So a bigger piece of shit. Pretty much. Noted. So obviously we got KD is making up 23% of our cap. 44 million cap hit. Every, we don't know what, what he's going to get. Obviously he has the player option. He could opt in at 36.9. Simmons is making 35.4. Basically, we have about 60% of the cap 
is made up by these three guys. Joe Harris has 18 million. Steph has 8.4. Patty, I don't. I think Patty's going to opt in. The way that it's looking right now, but teams don't have cap. I wouldn't be surprised if he opts in. Sam is making a nice cheap 2.1. Sharp is making 2.1. And uh, of all the free agents we mentioned last episode, we kind of we missed one guy. Andre Drummond. Take... Nope. Claxton. Nope. We talked up. We talked about Claxton last time. I forgot, man. E- D J. Oh really? Oh, we forgot to talk about him. David Duke Jr. I didn't know we. I. Yeah, dude, I completely forgot he's a restricted free agent. Yeah, so uh, obviously the Nets will decide whether they want him back. He could match. I don't think anyone's going to like break their cap to sign him. But he may come back. He may not come back. It's going to really depend on the cap. Um, I guess these are just some little breadcrumbs. I don't know if this is major news. Blake Griffin, my guy who I desperately want back, who I know is not going to come back, but I'm going to try my best to get him back. <laughs> like uh, he liked to tweet about uh, possibly going back to the Clippers. That, that that broke my heart. Dragic, if you remember uh, the the last press conference, his last press conference at the end of the year, uh, very negative about coming back to the Nets, even though he was one of our best players. Uh, we and we need a point guard like him. I don't think he's going to come back. Some bright side: a lot of people have been mentioning this. Andre Drummond's been working out. Around like around the city, around you know, uh, pretty much. He's still wearing a, a nets nets gear. I don't know what that means. It's it's confusing because technically he is still a net to July first. A lot of people forget that. Just because the net season is over doesn't mean that the NBA season is over. So technically, if he's gonna wear some NBA gear, it has to be nets. I guess that's better than wearing a black T-shirt, right? Maybe he just doesn't have any of the clothes. He's broke. You know, they, the players get these for, for free. You know, they're, well, I'm not sure if, uh, if the video that came out for him working at the Nets, you know, the Nets facility, but I guess him wearing Nets gear has to be a decent sign, even though, like I said, he's technically a Net till uh, whenever the next season starts, till free agency starts. I guess that's a good sign. I don't. I really don't know. I would love if, for him to come back, but uh, it sounded like he's uh, he's going to be gone as well. So it, it seems like gotta, it's crazy. It seems like the Nets are probably going to match Claxton. So the Nets have Claxton, and then if they somehow were able to get Drummond back, I would really like Drummond. I think he, him, and Claxton make a very good center balance. I think it all con- is very contingent on. Claxton progressing to getting bigger and also being able to hit his fucking free throws and developing a bit more of his offensive game. And then you have a guy like Andre Drummond who can bang with big bodies like Embiid and any and and Joe and the Joker and Jokic and those guys. So I think he's a, draws a good balance. I think we saw how exposed we were with him on the floor with the team like the Celtics. And I think Claxton, if he hits his free throws, this series is completely different. So these are things we have to kind of weigh in going forward. Do we see potential in this center tandem? I, I do see potential in it. I actually really like what Drummond brings to the table. And Claxton is a very versatile defender. So I think Marks is kind of, I wouldn't say a priority, 
but um, I just want to. I just want to think. I I don't know what else is out there that's better at the moment. I totally agree. I I would love that tandem to come back, but the problem is if you're gonna sell that to Drummond, you just say, well, um, if I'm gonna take the minimum, I won't. I go somewhere where I could start and get my value up. Well, he will start and also get his value up. But why can't he? He was the majority of the center when he was traded here. Majority of the time. In the play, remember in the playoffs, though, like you said, he might be tight about that. I guarantee you they match up with the Sixers and he starts. I guarantee you he matches up with any bigger offensive center and he starts. I just think it's a matchup based thing. So I, I don't. I think I. I think if you explain that to him and you tell them, tell him that, like, hey, you know, we have stats and analytics here that say Claxton is better against this team and you're better against this team, you know, and maybe some explain that and he'll figure something out. Maybe, like I said, like you were saying about him wearing the shirt, maybe that's a good sign for him being open to negotiations. You could almost guarantee that the overturn of the roster is going to be dramatic and, and large. We know Aldridge probably isn't coming back. Griffin, we talked about, but uh, I got that luckily exclusive. I've been doing off-season workouts since March. You know, he might be gone. Does David Duke Jr. even come back? I don't know. It's a huge chunk of the roster going to be different. See, I I don't see if we get a 3 and D player, I don't see where Bruce Brown's role is with the team anymore. If we have to give him a lot of money. I agree. You know, if we have a lot of guards, as it, not we don't have, I mean, like, I feel like, Seth, Joe, and if Kyrie comes back and Ben and Patty are all going to be guards and we have some big 3 and D players, yeah, Bruce Brown is definitely going to be a vital player to us all the time because he does everything well. But defensively, we know, we see, we've seen this for two years, him getting to bad matchups and then making dumb fouls and then the game getting out of control for him and him – Playing with four fouls and not getting enough minutes. Seen that a lot. Small too. It just like I would love Bruce Brown coming off the bench. That would Me be too. an ideal scenario. But we have to get rid of Patty, Seth, or Joe. Then you gotta you gotta pair him with a ton of shooters though. You can't keep putting Bruce Brown out there without a bunch of shooters around. He knocked down some threes though, man. Exactly, but that's Is that why real. He Is got, it he... real or not? I can't tell. I can't tell look, if it's real or not. Look at I want. I'm actually curious. I want to see how, what his percentages of the threes are hit with other shooters on the floor, as opposed to being the uh, another another shooting threat. You know, I want to see that because I feel like every. I mean, just an eye test tells me that every time he was hitting threes, Patty and Seth were on the floor at the same time. Not only that, this is when they were doubling KD. There's a reason why he was wide open. If you don't remember, they were running in the playoffs. They were running three guards under six four at all times, pretty much, or most of the game. And Bruce Brown was one. What is Bruce Brown six five, six four? I don't. I don't even know how tall he is, but still, there's there's no there's no height or strength to that. There's only you get offensive efficiency, but that doesn't that's never that doesn't win games. So if someone else like Katie or Kyrie's getting doubled. Bruce Brown's in the corner, and he and he can knock down the open threes. Can you blame the guy? Like, you know, is he's hitting down the shots that he's supposed to hit, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't blame him. I, I, I credit to Bruce, man. He improved his three from that corner. He was great this year. I Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to pay Bruce a, a ton of money, 
and you have another three, and you're trying to get three and D players. Bruce Brown doesn't really fit at that point. That's all I'm trying to say. So why are you going to waste money on Bruce Brown when you could be signing more shooting or another area of need, depending on who signs and who resigns? I'll tell you why. Because they have their his bird rights, so they can go over the cap to sign him. These other guys are going to be signing for the minimum. Of course, I know that's a, that's a, another fair point to that. But I'm just saying, it's a way to you know understand like why his value might not be there, even though, like you said, you can go over the cap to get him. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a fun fact right now. How fun is it? Tell me, am I gonna really, amazing? Is it like Coney Island fun? Tony Allen Funk. Guess Bruce Brown's points per game total and his three percentage in the four games versus Boston. I want to say his three percentage was like over 60%. I feel like he was hitting a lot of three pointers. Not 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 over 60. Over 50? Hit, uh, 42%, which is still great. Yeah. I, I know he was pretty good. Uh, his points per game, I'm going to say 15 points per game. Very good. He had 14. He got 14 points yeah. per game. At 42% shooting from three, and he shot 56% from the field. That's that's pretty good. And, you know, that's that, that's all you get asked from him when uh, he's going to be wide open. He's got to knock down those shots, and he did. He's playing good defense. He played 35 minutes a game. You know, like the guy, the guys are – I, I love the hustle. The thing is the height, and they have so many small guys. Roger construction is just so fucked right now. And he just seems to have this, like, tendency just to make really boneheaded plays in the worst times. Is that is that me, or am I just only basing it off the one game of the playoffs last year? He's done it. Obviously, they lost the game because they, he took a, a shot that he probably should have knocked down, but would have rather anyone else – not anyone else, but you would have rather someone else taking that shot. I mean, yes, but – Regardless, I mean, I'm I'm just saying, I I don't, I mean, I still feel like he's at the tendency to make really boneheaded, dumb turnover plays that don't make things better. You know, they just seem to, you know, make it. I don't know. There's there's situations where he'll make a foul for no reason. I feel like it just really just oh. deflates a momentum or something. You know, something like along those lines. You know, I feel like that he has a tendency for that. Anything else you want to add on with the rosters? Will we go into Sean Marks' uh, play pen, his, his options? Sure. Let's start with Marks. Uh, well, let's see what Marks is going to do. What do you think? Well, uh, like I said before, we're over the cap. I don't have too many options, no picks. We have that, uh, everyone knows we have the taxpayer mid level exception for $6.3 million, meaning the Nets can sign a free agent for $6.3 million. It could be broken up. For example, three million and three million. If you wanted to sign two guys, that's going to be our uh, the most we could offer someone. That's going to be our like our hail mary, pretty much. Also, we have a, a couple trade exceptions. If you want to go over them, my friend. Uh, so from the Dinwiddie um, was a sign trade. Hmm. Uh, we had eleven and a half million from the DAT as a trade exception from um, the DJ move. Um, we get six point two million from that, and then the Harden deal we get eleven point three million and one point six million from Millsap, and technically we get a hundred thousand from Shamit last year, like eleven hundred thousand or something like that. You got it. It's uh, minuscule, 
maybe we could use that for a couple of like water coolers or, or something like that. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see. Maybe a copy machine, a la Kyle, a la Kyle Corver. So uh, for for do I'll break down trade exceptions quickly. So basically, for the trade exceptions, if the Nets want to acquire a player, when I'm I'm just banging this deal up in my head, Nets are trying to acquire a player that is uh, I don't know, that's that's ten million, right? Ten million dollar three and D player, gonna trade. I'm gonna say Cam just 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 for for shit and giggles, shits and giggles. We're going to put in Cam with his $2.1 million salary. And then I'm going to throw in Dinwiddie's $11.5 million trade exception or whoever, you know, if it, I don't know, like $8 million of it will be used. And that's going to be used as a filler for the trade so the trade could be accepted. Obviously, when uh, everyone's played with the, the, the trade, the trade shit on fucking ESPN, these deals got to be matched up correctly for the contracts. The Nets couldn't can't make a deal of trading a two million dollar salary and getting back eight million dollars. Just it, there has to be some some balance on it. Basically, the trade exceptions allow that balance. The exceptions can be broken up, as in two. Let's say another deal I wanted to make. I took the remaining I don't know one million dollar of the Dinwiddie deal and used it to acquire another player. I could do that, but I can't combine the DeAndre Jordan. Six point two million and uh, James Harden eleven point three to acquire a seventeen million dollar player. It gets very complicated. Dinwiddie deal was made last year, so the eleven point five million dollars expires on July sixth. So if they don't use this eleven point five million dollar exception, it's gone. That's it. Doesn't matter. It's gone. So. So speaking of trades, uh, in, in 2003, for cash considerations, the, the 51st pick of the draft by the Nets was Kyle Korver. He was, you traded, know. He was traded for oh. cash considerations. Those cash considerations were used for the Nets to the pay for their, summer, and so for, no, no, for their summer league entrance fee and a copy. A fax machine. Copy. No, don't. No, don't even give them credit for the fax machine. Fax machine requires more technology. They, they traded it for a copy machine. Copy machine. You understand? So just want to reiterate that legitimately that's what people get traded for. And I guess you can use trade exceptions on copy machines. So maybe that was uh, okay. So that was a little different. That was I, a deal back in the day when I know when, I know. when cash Cashy. and, you know, and picks Cashy. weren't as valuable. For our listeners, cash considera- our listeners, cash considerations to be clear can, all, can be used for pretty much anything. Uh, I, got, have- I got some good news for you. Well, the no, Nets wait. have none. Wait. The Nets already used all their cash considerations exactly. for this so, year. Trade exceptions can only be used in trades and, and making salaries work, correct? Absolutely, yes. So that's just want to be clear, but I just wanted to bring how funny it was. I just had to add that. I don't, for people who don't, I'm sure most Nets fans know that's how it went down, but it's just to me, still fucking hilarious. I did a horrible job explaining it, unlike the graphics. But this shit gets fucking complicated sometimes. That's why I'm here. Absolutely. Anything else you want to use? That looks like the Nets are going to have to use free agency, the 6.3 mil. And uh, don't be surprised if on draft day these trade exceptions get used. The 
Dinwiddie one in particular because that one's going to be the first one to be used up, and it's the one that uh that has the second highest value. Yeah. Also, bear in mind it's really also how far Joe Side wants to go with this too. I mean, Joe Side can just say fuck it and just sign everyone and just go over the cap that they can. That everyone they can sign over the cap, they're just he's just going to like Bruce, not Bruce. Um, like, anyone, anyone with bird rights. Yeah, like Clark, go Claxton, over. David Duke, he could just do that and say fuck it and just try to get you know keep at least some talent ready, you know. But we'll see, man. I mean, they all they um the, the Nets team, analytics team, the the scouting, the, all that stuff. That that whole department, including, is gonna have their fucking work cut out for them this coming out summer. That's for fucking shit, sure. Don't be surprised if you see a totally different Nets team come next I year. I won't be, Pete. I won't be. Trust me. At this point, I'm just going to jump into the rumors. Uh, not much going on. Nets Daily reported that Mike James would like to play with KD. He kind of commented on it saying, like, yeah, there's a lot of teammates, former teammates and friends that like to play with some not even in the NBA. Would it be a bad pickup as the third point guard? No. Does he know the team? Yeah. Friend of KD. I guess he could do worse on a vet's minimum. And he's coming off a great year uh, in Europe. Not a lot of free agency talk yet. Not a lot of trade talk yet. Craziness with Kyrie. Is he going to go to the Lakers? Uh, there was a... I saw NBA Central put up a, a, a report saying that there was going to be a Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook trade. You know, we know that's not going to happen. Ben Simmons just sold his L.A. house. Fat chance that's that, that deal is going to go down. You don't... If there's even a 1% chance... You're going to go to L.A. Why would you sell your house knowing that you might have to live in it, you know, come the next couple months? Not happening. I think the core is going to be back next year. Katie, Kyrie, Ben. We, I think we got to give these guys a chance. And uh, we got some assistant coaching news. Mark Stein. I think it was Mark Stein. Sorry if I got your name wrong, bro. Anyway, uh, he reported that the Nets are going to be hiring Igor Korkoskov, I hope I said his name right, to join Steve Nash's staff. Uh, this guy's been around the league. Steve Nash wanted him originally. His first time when, we, when he was getting all his coaches in a couple of years ago. Guys, like I said, been around the league. Was a head coach for one year in Phoenix. Uh... I guess Nets fans are kind of lukewarm on the lukewarm on it. We'll see how he helps. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not too hot on the move considering other people that were available. I really wanted Phil Handy, but of course he's staying in L.A., so I'm just gonna have to eat my words on that. And that's a uh, that's about it. Not a lot of rumors going around right now. We got a couple more weeks before free agency starts. We'll see stuff heat up around then. I think the most important thing is that we just get that core, that core three back. Pete, I hundred percent agree with you, and I agree with that statement. I I just want to like reiterate, like we have not seen these guys play a season, ninety percent of a season. Yeah, fuck, they haven't even played seventy five percent of a season together. Any one of them. So we're just like oh. we're just like outlining that they're not going to make it as a team and they're not going to survive even the roster construction. 
if these guys survive the roster construction and these guys can stay healthy for more than 75% of the season, Pete, I, we'll be fine. We'll get to the playoffs in a I top agree. seed and we'll, and we'll get a good seed and we'll make it to the next round. And if we stay healthy, our veteran leadership in the playoffs will take over. This year we had veteran leadership, but we didn't have any dynamic players that was obviously Katie and Kyrie, but we didn't have any dynamic <laughs> players that could make up for the fact that these guys were being hounded and, and, Frankly, they struggled at times, except for Kyrie in the first game. This all comes down to roster construction and maybe luck. Sean Marks has always preached that he's ready for any scenario. The Nets should be ready for any scenario. I don't know if you could have prepared for the Kyrie COVID situation. I don't know if you could have prepared for the James Harden situation. Seth Curry was playing in the playoffs with the same injury that Joe had that needed surgery. Seth needed surgery, as we know. We never got Ben back. Everything was fucked. James Harden earlier before the season was on vacation, I think in Greece with KD. He said he was going to resign. If I'm Sean Marks, I'm assuming this guy's going to resign. Deal happens. Ben comes. You think he's going to play. All of a sudden, he needs back surgery. Serious back surgery. You know, this guy was in real pain. Like, I don't know how much falls on Sean Marks and how much it doesn't fall on Sean Marks. I, I really don't know. Pete, let me, let me, let me, let me get you to sit down for a second. I have a chair right here. This chair, what it attaches to, you're going to put the seatbelt on, and then you're going to put this on your head, and you're going to press a button. The button's going to take you back to November of last year, of 2021. It's a time machine. Joe Harris is not hurt yet. You know, he, you, you somehow call the Nets front office, you say, don't play Joe Harris tonight. Joe Harris doesn't play that night. He gets a night off. This would never happen, obviously. This is all a hypothetical situation, obviously. I'm not saying I have a time machine. I'm just saying, Pete, if you would do it, um, I need you to just take a chance on it. You know, I'll talk to you later about that. But um, I get that things would be a lot better if we just had so, Joe Harris for, so for, the, for the majority Harris, of this season. I'm basically getting at different. if Joe Harris doesn't get hurt, is Joe is James is Joe making that big of a difference on this team where James Harden doesn't leave? Kyrie Irving has to come back and play before the when Kyrie doesn't have to come back and play right away. The mandate gets lifted, he comes back, and we're st- we're in the playoffs with basically the same team. I know it was preemptively given. I feel like there was a lot of writing on the wall with the Harden thing even before the season. But what do you think? What's your opinion on that? Well, supposedly he was coming back and. I'm willing. It's pretty much, I guess, a fact now. The reason why he left was Kyrie. Kyrie not, you know, not getting that shot. That's what really forced him to go because he felt like Kyrie wasn't being, you know, all in. So why that's, should that's he? Facts, he's you, not, know? you know, that's that was his reasoning. It's a weak reasoning, but that was, I guess, that's where his well, and Katie got hurt. Yeah, and he felt like he was the only one, you know, keeping the team afloat. But that's what we I'm just, asking you now, you know, Pete. If Joe Harris doesn't get hurt, you think all that still happens? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Right? Who, who fucking knows, man? I, who I fucking really knows? think Joe Harris is a really. I, I we always keep harping on how much we love Joe here. He's an OG net. Um, he's really integral to how this team really operates and spaces the floor. So you really, you really saw that this year. Seth was great. I feel like Seth is nowhere near as good as Joe is taking and catching off a curl. Seth is great, and he can hit those for sure. I just feel like Joe, when he's in rhythm, that that three off the curl screen, 
that that's un, unguardable. It's like Steph Curry-like almost. It's a different form, and he doesn't shoot it as quick, but he's as efficient, if not more efficient, than Steph Curry. So having that on your team, adding that to your team, just for those 10 game, that 10-game losing streak they had, I feel like Joe Harris is there. I feel like they win at least four of those 10 games. So, Who knows, I, you know, Who knows? I, I really just, do. Are we really going to let's, let's, really fucking play? You know, then what if um, I know, but I feel, Katie didn't get hurt? We could do this all day, but, you I'm know. I'm just saying going forward with free agency and Joe Harris's contract and not training him, I feel like he's that important to this team and we should still try to get him, keep him on this roster. If you have to pick one out of Patty, Harris, Seth. Joe. Goes. Joe. Joe is there. Joe is my number one. Joe to go? I'm no, saying Joe which stays. one gets traded. No, Joe, Joe stays. stays. Joe stays. Joe stays. Patty, Seth. Seth. Stays. Seth stays. I agree. If the problem is that we have Patty with a $6.1 million contract, which, you know, if you're going to get someone of value, they're probably going to make more than $6.1 million. That's why you have the trade exceptions. Maybe they'll be used. Maybe they won't be used. Fucking knows. Let's get to the wrap-up. So, as you know, we stated at the beginning, the Celtics and the Warriors are in the finals. And, um, you know, I want to just bring a couple of things up that I, I saw some stats about, you know, the playoffs in general, like how the Celtics got to where they got and how the Nets, you know, how the Nets fared against them compared to the other teams. So just some... Those big stats to really throw out you there, if you just to reiterate, like the Nets did get swept. Let's not get this wrong. They lost those games. It doesn't matter how many points you lose by. Yes, you they lost. did. They lost. Doesn't matter how many. But I want to just if if Nets fans want to hold on to anything bittersweet from that sweep, I'm going to give you some stats that will, I guess, slightly lift your spirits. So the Nets had an offensive rating of 115 against the Celtics during the playoff series. The Milwaukee Bucks had an offensive rating of 99.7 against the uh, Celtics in the second round. Then the Miami Heat had an offensive rating of 105.1 against the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, for people who don't know what offensive rating basically means, there's a specific formula for it. I'm not an expert on analytics, but it's just offensive metric that ex- states how efficient an offense is against a certain defense. And the Nets had the highest efficient offense against the Celtics. That's because basically you had Bruce Brown hitting like 90% of his floaters. So I feel like that's... I think that's very impressive. Honestly, that's very, that's very impressive considering how the Nets looked. When you look at the, you know, when you kind of go under the covers and you look at the analytics show that the Nets put up a good fight. And while, like you said, it was a sweep, look at the point differential. Bucks plus, 40, plus 55, meaning got outscored by 55 points from the Celtics. Heat plus 37, and they outscored by 37 points. In the four-game sweep, 18 points, meaning the series was pretty fucking close. They're pretty fucking close. Obviously, the Bucks and Heat, they played more games, so the points are going to be a little higher and whatnot. It's just just amazing that depending how you know how shitty how shitty you want to look at the Nets, 
wasn't as bad. May not have been as bad as we thought. Maybe I don't fucking know. No, it was bad, dude. We got fucking swept. It's no really. Well, what do you think? Terrible. What if Tate? My the thing for me is Tatum doing a little fucking bitch ass spin move in game one to get the game one yep. up. That I don't know what happens if the Nets win game one. I don't know. I don't know if they do anything past that. But uh, they, that was they blew like a twelve point. That was, that they, blew, they blew a twelve point fourth quarter lead in game two. You don't know what happens oh, if they we, we they talked didn't do about that. Shit. So Pete, they the Nets shot them. They shot their own selves in the foot when Claxton missed all those free throws. That was it. They, I'm, I'm not solely blaming Claxton, and I'm not discrediting the Celtics, but there's a lot of things the Nets could have done that could have easily at least pushed that series to more, at least a game seven, if not even contend to win it. And um, if the Celtics end up winning this year, you can hang your hat. The last two seasons, not hang your hat, but I guess take slight solace in the fact that the Nets lost to the eventual champions for two straight years. Barring, it hurts. Barring, it, it, hurts. it hurts, but when you kind of rationalize the fact that how much adversity they went through in both of those years and how close they were, and not this year, but last year and especially, and what they were even able to do by even making the playoffs this year. And from given what they were that when they the where they were when Durant was hurt, you still have to kind of sugarcoat the little positives you have here. And I think we'll wrap it up on, you know, not well, not fully wrap it up. We got one more thing to talk about. But... We got to talk about we got to talk about the NBA Finals, my friend. It's yeah. the finals that I wanted: Boston versus Golden State. And one thing that kind of fucking kind of fucks with my head is we kind of like contributed to the, these fucking monsters. Obviously, yep. with the Boston trade with Tatum and Brown, with Golden State, we kind of helped them get over the top by giving them D'Lo, which turned into Wiggins. So it's kind of uh, that's contributed to both fucking finals teams. Funny enough. Yeah, man. I know it's just fucking ridiculous, man. How do you feel? How do you feel about this bullshit now? They're saying, "Don't you wish KD would have? Don't KD? Don't you wish you would have stayed at Golden State? Kyrie? Don't you wish you would have stayed in Boston?" I hate that bullshit. That's all. I see this as rent-free. Like, how are you guys in the finals? How are these guys in the finals but talking about players in on Brooklyn? I don't know, man. New England sports fans are just weird motherfuckers. It, you know, even if they're not Golden State or Boston fans, in that shit, talking about Kyrie, talking about Katie, fucking, that's some lame shit. NBA fans are some weird motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I, I, dude, I don't, I'm just sick right now. Just, let's just fucking wrap this shit up, and next, maybe next episode, we can start looking at uh, maybe a trade, or hopefully, maybe some free agency. You know, like maybe some uh, hot stove action will start. I will get <laughs> baseball's hot stove, but. We get some action going on for for the Nets. The warm. I think there's gonna there's gonna be a toaster. I think there's gonna be a lot of moves made this off season. But uh, follow us on the Twitter. Tw- you got anything else before I tell them to follow us on the Twitters? Wow. Well, Pete was gonna jump the gun on there and just you know. Uh, yeah, I don't give, you don't see anything important anyway. I will say this: it's been really funny watching. I don't know why I've seen this, this creep up. On Reddit, and I'm I'm pretty much I I you know you're the, you're the Twitter guy, I'm the Reddit guy. We we kind of cover both. We, we the cover, IG guy. Yeah, we try to be. We'll t- we'll talk about that later. Um, 
it's funny because I see all these Suns fans coming out of nowhere. I mean, Pete, out of fucking nowhere. Oh, they're just... like, KD to the fucking Suns. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you? Every I'm like, team, I... oh, thank you for saying this. I've seen so many teams say, you know, KD's coming here, KD's coming there. I've never seen KD in a Bulls jersey. I've never seen KD in a Suns jersey. I've never seen KD in so many other teams' jerseys before. It's unreal. Pete, do me a favor. Just clip this. Save this little last five-second clip. When KD end ends up being on another team next year, we can look at this and laugh and then want to shoot ourselves. All right, this way, so I'm going to wrap it up. You can follow us on the Twitters at OnlyNetsFansPod. OnlyNetsFansPod. I know, it got fucked up. I wish I had more letters, more characters. They fucked me. What else can I do? Help uh, Charlie on the on the Instagram, almost the Twitter. Help Charlie on the Instagram. He only posts when he's motivated. Please help him. He needs the help. You could follow us on the IG at the only net fans you know. Once again, please help us on the IG, the only net fans you know. Thank you for all the new followers that came in this week. As always, have a good day. Have a good commute. Have a good travel, whatever you guys are up to. Be safe. Let's try to stick this together before free agency. And uh, we're out, boys. Let's go Nets. Let's weather the storm. And, uh, yeah, let's go Nets. Thank you.